In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Today's gospel lesson is a master class on how to read the Bible. In it, Jesus the Master schools us. The Pharisees have come to Jesus to interrogate him, to test him, to try to show him up. One of them, an expert in the law, the Torah, asks him a question, tempting him, as the text says, Master, Which is the great commandment in the law? The question itself was a common question, a standard topic in rabbinic disputations, a common way for would-be experts in the law to demonstrate their mastery of the biblical text. And Jesus, the master, answers the question deftly. He gives what we call the summary of the law, You know it very well. In fact, you just said it at the beginning of the service. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ saith. You could say the rest to me right now, I think. Teaching us that the most important things are the love of God and the love of neighbor. And Jesus' answer leaves the Pharisees speechless with no words to reply. His response leaves no doubt at all to his mastery of the scriptures, and indeed some of the rabbis who were the successors to the, to the Pharisees would answer the same question in an exactly similar way. So the Pharisees have no response. And while they're still pondering their next move, Jesus goes on the offensive by questioning them. He asks them about the Messiah, the Christ, wondering how the Christ could be called the son of David, if David himself, in one of the Psalms, called him Lord. And, the text says, no man was able to answer him a word. Jesus has beaten the Pharisees at their own game. You see, the Pharisees treat the scriptures as something to be mastered. But Jesus, the master, shows how the scriptures resist our mastery and tend, rather, to master us. He demonstrates that the proper posture to take vis-a-vis the Bible is a wholehearted, loving, and wondering response to the God whose word it is, to the Lord who speaks through it. That is the burden of this sermon, and I want to expound it now by way of two principles and two practices. So first, principle number one. The Bible discloses a world, and you are invited to enter that world. And you must enter that world if you are to receive what the Bible has to offer. You're not going to plumb the depths of the meaning of Scripture if you keep it at arm's length, if you don't 
apply it to yourself. Karl Barth, the great Swiss Protestant theologian, once said that what is in the Bible is not so much history or morality or even religion, but rather what he called the strange new world of God. We live in a sick old world, Bart says, which cries out from its soul out of desperate need, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. In all men, he says, whoever and wherever and whatever and however they may be, there is a longing for exactly this, which is here within the Bible, namely the glorious beginning of a new world which God brings about, a world in which all that is dead is brought to life, and God is all in all. That, what is it, that is what is in the Bible, this new world that God is making. You must allow yourself to be led into the gates of this new world. Otherwise, you're not going to discover what the Bible has to offer. Elsewhere, Bart puts the same idea in terms of a figure of speech. He says that to truly understand the Bible, you must approach it like an astonished child in a wonderful garden, not like an advocate who has read all of God's files. At writing more than a millennium before Bart, St. Gregory the Great said something similar using a different figure of speech. The Bible, Gregory said, is like a river that is broad and deep, shallow enough here for a lamb to wade in, deep enough there for an elephant to swim. And so you might say that scripture beckons you, whoever you are, to be all in. Principle number two is closely related to the first. To read the Bible is to encounter the living God. We believe that the Holy Scriptures of the Old and the New Testaments are the Word of God. That is, they are God-breathed. God speaks through the words of the Bible. God reveals himself in the events in the Bible, most completely in his word, the word made flesh, our Lord Jesus Christ, who is, as someone says, everything God wanted to say to the world in a person. The church teaches that to read the Bible is to encounter Jesus, who is the way and the truth and the life. And as one monastic writer puts it, he is the truth. Christ himself is the truth. And every text of scripture speaks of him. The Lord God Almighty addresses us, his creatures, in these writings. And that's why, as the psalmist says, they are more to be desired than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. 
So there you have our two principles. To read the Bible is to encounter the living God, and the Bible discloses the world, and you are invited to enter it. Now, let's turn to two practices or disciplines that I hope might help us approach the Bible in this way that I'm describing, a wholehearted, loving, and wondering response to the Lord whose word it is. The first practice to commend to you is praying the daily office, morning prayer and evening prayer. This daily prayerful way of reading scripture is the very heart of our Anglican spiritual tradition. And as Father Victor Lee Austin puts it, Anglicans trust that the daily hearing of the Bible will be formative of a Christian people. In other words, if we read our Bibles regularly, we, through them, through hearing God's word in the scriptures, will be made more and more like Christ. An old children's song says much the same thing. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. If you pray morning and evening prayer regularly, you'll read through the entire Psalter every month and through large parts of both the Old and the New Testaments every year. And it's through such exposure that you'll learn the story of Scripture. And more importantly, learn to inhabit that story, to make it your own, to find that it makes sense of your stories, to find that it frees you from false stories about who you are, about what the world is like, about what God is. If you abide in my word, Jesus says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There was a singer-songwriter named Rich Mullins who died in the mid-90s, And he has a song, the chorus of which goes like this. Jesus, write me into your story. Whisper it to me and let me know I'm yours. And that, I think, is what the daily office is all about. Brings us to our second practice to commend to you. And it's to memorize scripture. And this practice of memorizing scripture connects with what our Lord says in our gospel this morning. Because the passage Jesus quotes to demonstrate that the love of God is the the greatest of all commandments comes from a passage in Deuteronomy in which God connects this commandment to making it the center of a whole way of life. The passage is from Deuteronomy 6, and it goes like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. 
These words, God says, shall be on your heart. And memorizing scripture is a way of writing God's word on our heart, of inscribing it in our hearts. It's about letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as St. Paul says. And the point of it is not to accumulate more information, more head knowledge, to be able to show off how much you know about the Bible like the Pharisees tried to, but rather to incorporate scripture into what you might call your heart knowledge, into what the psychologists call your autobiographical memory, so that it becomes part of who you are and that you become shaped by those words, that it changes what you desire, what you love. K.J. Ramsey is a writer from Colorado, and recently she wrote about the difference that memorizing scripture has made in her life. When she was in her 20s, she was suddenly afflicted with severe joint pain and inflammation, a bad case of rheumatoid arthritis. She wasn't even able to walk. My body became a place of pain rather than possibility, she writes. I was desperate for encouragement, but I couldn't even open my Bible. But then, unbidden, the words of a psalm that she'd memorized when she was a child came to her mind. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. As K.J. puts it, unbidden, my soul remembered its truest story. The story that my present suffering was threatening to smash and scatter to the winds. And in that suffering, she says, the word hidden in my heart started countering my fear. I was confused and craving comfort, but God's story was alive inside me, welcoming me into the wonder that I am loved at my weakest. My brothers and sisters, that is what I want for myself, what I want for you, that we would find our true story in the story of Scripture, in what God says about us. That we would daily hear and receive God's holy word. That we would enter the new world of God open to us in the Bible. That, as St. Paul says, Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. That we, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. 
For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.